0: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I'm Ellie Nieves, and I'm a woman's leadership speaker and coach. Welcome to the Christian Career Women podcast. If you're a Christian woman who wants to honor God, live with purpose, be known for excellence and integrity, and achieve work-life balance, then this podcast is for you. At Christian Career Women, our goal is to help you aspire, achieve, and thrive in your faith, life, and work. To learn more and to join our free online community, go to ChristianCareerWomen.com. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Ellie Nieves, and I am a leadership speaker and coach, and you are joining the Christian Career Women Bible Talk. We are a network of Christian women who are focused on helping women of faith to achieve, to aspire, achieve, and thrive in their careers and their personal lives. And we're excited to come to you today with our Bible Talk discussion. Uh, I am joined by a good, uh, uh, someone who's near and dear to me, uh, Mm -hmm. my cousin Joanne Martin. Say hello, Joanne.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: Hi. And today we're going to be talking about contentment. We are using a book by Linda Dillow uh, that's titled Calm My Anxious Heart. Uh, to be our guide for our discussion today. And um, it, this is, a, I think, a great topic for women who are in the marketplace because a lot of us tend to be very ambitious. Uh, we encounter things like competition in the workplace or in the marketplace if we're entrepreneurs. So it's really uh, an interesting topic for us to be talking about today. Just how do we find contentment? Uh, you know, and I, when I looked up the word contentment, Uh, in the dictionary today it said a state of happiness and Mm. satisfaction and I think all of us long to have that sense of happiness and satisfaction in our hearts but oftentimes things in the world pull us in different directions and it's hard for us to find that state of happiness and satisfaction so I'm just going to start off with a quick question for Joanne Joe, tell me what do you think a state of contentment would be
0: like for you be honest with you i'm i'm very content in my life i haven't always been but at 56 years old wow you're old six years old i'm old (laughs) i'm very content um i think when i uh, became 50 years when i became 50 years old that's when um everything started settling um in my heart in my mind my emotions so i'm pretty content i'm not saying that i'm completely satisfied with everything but i'm pretty content and that's important just being happy where you're at and i would imagine that this state of contentment that you found it was probably after you became a christian right exactly Mm -hmm. i wasn't always um happy with myself and um didn't know my my direction was off in a lot of different areas and once i got grounded in christ i knew fundamentally um, everything was going to be okay, and exactly what his word says that everything you you hand it over to him and everything is is going to be okay. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I
1: was joking before about saying you were old at fifty six. I think that fifty six is actually very young. Um, especially given how um, we're living longer as women, especially I think the trajectory now for women is uh, 86 to 90 years old. Wow. Uh, Being 56 is kind of almost the prime of your life, right? You've uh, lived through your youth and you're at a place in your life. And I'm not just saying this for you. I'm saying this for for all of us who are, you know, uh, in 40s and 50s, that um, we've reached kind of a state of maturity in a lot of ways, right? We've lived a certain amount of life and we're able to look back into our lives and reflect on how we've lived. And we still have many years ahead of us so that we can use those lessons that we've learned to hopefully not only continue to live a more fulfilled life, but also to be able to share those moments with others. Exactly. So let's talk about why it's so hard to be content. Why do you think it's so hard to be content in this world?
0: Um, I think when you, uh, well, uh, let's just talk about for me. When you haven't accomplished everything that you have desired to accomplish, I think there's always going to be a sense of disenchantment. Um, you're not going to be totally satisfied with with your life until you uh, accomplish most of your goals. And I'm not saying that in this lifetime we can accomplish everything because we uh it would be an issue if you didn't have any goals at all continuously. I mean, goals change as seasons change, goals change. So, uh, for me, uh, not accomplishing things, uh, makes me feel a little disenchanted.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. And this is something that I've struggled with throughout my uh, entire career. I've always been very achievement oriented, so very ambitious. I believe that when I found Christ, I became more temperate about my career and have uh, tried to put it more in its rightful place where it belongs in my life, right, which is not to be the all-encompassing thing in my life. Uh, you know, Christ is supposed to be first, my husband, you know, my family, you know, there's a, there's a level of priority that God calls us to put all of the matters and the affairs in our life in. And, right. uh, you know, I've, I've been able to um, get to that place. But it's, it's one of those things where when you're wired a certain way, uh, you almost have to, it's, it's your cross, right? You know how the Bible tells us we have to carry our cross? It's your cross, and it's one of those things where you might find its rightful place, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to keep struggling with it as you mature and as you continue on your walk. Uh, so for me, it's always, it definitely has been always uh, being very achievement-oriented and being very focused on, on my career. And interestingly, it's actually what led me to Christ was um, realizing that my career wasn't fulfilling me in the way that I thought that it would so I've got some self-reflection questions here based on some of the themes that um, were in the book and you know I thought I would just throw a few of them here and I'm hoping that those of you who are watching uh, on YouTube or are joining us live. Uh, We'll take the opportunity to look at some of these questions and self-reflect and answer these questions for yourself, but I'll just, I'll throw one or two questions out there for you, Joanne. You know, you pick whichever one you'd like uh, to answer and I'll um, do the same. Okay. Uh, Let me start with, um, uh, are uh, are you content to be you? Mm. Uh, Are you content with your roles? So I'll, I'll take those two questions. So am I content to be me? Yeah, I've always been pretty content to be me. Yep, I'm pretty fabulous. So. Okay. Yeah, I know it. I know it. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, no, but I've been. i I. That's, that's not. not. That's not something that I've ever um, kind of struggled with. Is whether I was content to be me. Right. Uh, th- that doesn't mean that there haven't been periods in my life where I wasn't content with something about myself. Right. So. Uh, there was a period of time when i wasn 't uh, happy with um, how i how I looked. I uh, found out that I had this uh, soybean allergy, and the soybean allergy would make me break out. You remember this Joe yes I, I would have like the, the the most horrible acne because of this soybean allergy, and for years, I had no idea that it was a soybean allergy, and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And it got really bad. It was like cystic acne was all over my face. And I mean, it was just terrible. And I would, I, I, Joanne would, would like pray with me and I'm like, <laughs> you would have prayer for
0: about it. <laughs> we actually, uh, we actually uh, did a lot of crying and a lot of praying about it. And I remember that you said it was um, a thorn in my flesh. Yeah. Cause I couldn't and, stop it. Yeah. And know we're not, we're not going to receive that. And I know his grace is sufficient, mm-hmm. but we're not going to receive that. And you went and you got an, uh, an allergy test and, and um, I think like a week later, after we had prayed together and cried mm-hmm. about it and, and really encouraged each other, mm-hmm. because though your, your acne was external, my acne was internal. Mm. So we've 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 um we definitely encouraged each other but keep going with your story because it's yeah. amazing yeah well that
1: that was definitely a time that i wasn't content with myself right with mm-hmm. something about me because it, it really when it was when it was something i had to interact with constantly and i couldn't uh, get away from it and it's funny because during that time i even took photos of my face because it was so bad uh and every so often i look back at those photos and i'm like wow you know and you know it's clear now now i'm clear but it was, it was a horrible uh, several years that I was um, struggling with that. And then, are you content with your roles? Uh, there have been times in my life where and I haven't been con- content with my roles. Um, uh, I think one time was when uh, I, had a, I had a struggle with infertility and I wasn't content just being a wife and not being a mom. I wanted to have my own child. And I wasn't getting pregnant because I had a a bad case of fibroids. And I had them removed once and tried to get pregnant and the fibroids grew back. And they grew back so severely that um, the doctor, when I went into surgery the second time, the doctor told me, I'm going to try to remove all of the fibroids, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to. I may have to give you a hysterectomy.
0: Right. So when
1: I went into surgery, I didn't know if I was going to wake up with, you know, um, with... (laughs) I, if, I was, if I was still going to have a uterus or if I was, you know, not ever going to be able to have children. And I remember praying to God before I went into surgery and just saying, God, if I'm not meant to have children, then take this heaviness away from my heart because it was just weighing on my heart how, you know, I just wanted to be a mom. And I said, just please take this away from my, from my heart. Just take it away. And I went into surgery. I woke up and inevitably had to get a hysterectomy. Uh, and I remember just feeling relieved. Uh, God really did take the heaviness away from my heart. And to this day, like I've never, uh, no regrets. No, I don't feel bad. I've had plenty of my friends have had children afterward and I've never like been jealous. It's not something that's ever plagued me. But the other thing too, is I married a man that had three children and they have been the most wonderful stepchildren. I just love them to death. And now I'm a I'm a, I'm a grandma and I just, I love it. You know, I just love it. So even though I wasn't content with that role early on in my marriage, uh, you know, those three kids that came with the package, they have been a true blessing to me and God filled the need. And I think that's what I've learned over the years is that um, if you rely on God, he will fill whatever void you have
0: in your heart. Exactly. So I'm going to tackle how do you categorize your life if we were to have this con if we would have had this conversation 20 years ago um (laughs) the list would have been really amazing and um really ugly but now first and foremost is christ he is number one um and, you know, the scripture comes, comes to mind, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added on to you. Everything after him, everything else <coughs> follows. It follows in that order. Christ is first. He is the center, the foundation, the cornerstone of my life. And then after that, my husband. And um, so just like you, um, I also had to have a hysterectomy, but it was after I, um, I was already, um, 55 years old. So, but I never had children either. And then I married a man who had three living children. And so now not only do I have two wonderful daughters, one of the son, he's still struggling. Um, but I have two wonderful daughters and I have wonderful step, uh, grandchildren that love me like, like their grandmother. So God has truly blessed us, Um, blessed me in that way. I'm going to tackle, are you content with your roles? I wasn't always content with uh, being a wife in my first marriage. I actually was very unhappy with that role. And in that role, um, um, I wasn't allowed to grow or be the woman that I was supposed to be in Christ. I also didn't know the Lord. So... It was very difficult. That role was one of the hardest roles for me. Um, I'm a survivor of abuse of domestic violence. So, um, but I learned so even in that even in that in that place, I learned so much about um, who God is and what He actually says in His Word is absolutely true for us. So um, that was now. Um, I'm content with all my roles my role as a woman of God um, a follower of Christ my role as a wife to a a wonderful man of God who is also a pastor an elder uh, a, a pastor or elder I'm also an elder um I'm content with my role as a mother as a grandmother as a sister as a friend so and as a uh uh, a leader at, 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 my, at the workplace. So I'm content with all my roles right now. Amen, amen.
1: Thank you for sharing your heart. You're welcome. So let's um, start talking about, how, uh, what do you spend the majority of your time dwelling on?
0: Hmm. How I can be a better daughter. Um, to my heavenly father. I know, I know that sounds, you know, because we're on a, we're, we're talking about a Bible study, but it it honestly is true. Um, I do dwell a lot on that. um, Making sure that everything that I do and um, my thoughts, my actions, my words are pleasing to him. And um so a majority of my time is spent on that, spent with him, and and, and doing, trying to do his will, mm-hmm. and um, and then being a good wife. But also, um, I do love, I do love my job, and I love what I do. So I spend a lot of time um, excelling at work, which at my age um, can be a little difficult sometimes. You know, keeping up with the young with the youngsters, but those millennials. Um, <laughs> those millennials. Um, but, um, so I spent a lot of time with the Lord. I, I spend a lot of time in, um, ensuring that my husband is taken care of and taking care of myself and excelling at work.
1: Great. And I, I similarly, uh, spend a lot of my time dwelling on how I can please God and, and how I can live my life according to how he wants me to live mm-hmm. life, live my life. Uh, But, you know, the reason this question is here really is to demonstrate that whatever you spend your time thinking about can manifest itself in your life. And I've had relationships with individuals who tend to be very negative. And if they have a negative disposition about them, it's because they spend their time dwelling on the negative. And oftentimes, if we spend the time dwelling on what we lack, then we're going to have a natural predisposition towards being discontent. So if we spend our time dwelling on uh, the things of Christ, then that is what's going to manifest itself in our lives. Exactly. And here's a, a quote from the book where it says, Two women looked... Uh, through prison bars, one saw mud and the other saw stars. Uh, and and what it reminds me of is just that we have to have perspective, right? Are you a glass a half uh, a glass half empty or glass half full type of a person? And some of us just think that we were given a bad lot in life. But even when you're given a bad Latin life, you can still always look around you and look for the good in your life. Look, at the, look for the good in, in each situation that you're in. And I think about my own personal life. I grew up in poverty. I lacked a lot as I was growing up. But somehow God always provided as I was growing up. And I remember, uh, you know, when I... Uh, was laid off in 2009 with my husband. We were both laid off unexpectedly at the same time. And there, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of wondering what was going to happen next. But at the same time, there was also a lot of, wow, God, you're providing. Wow, God, you have you put food on our table. God, you allowed us to pay our bills this month. God, you know, th- th- that time that we were both unemployed, we were both home together, And it gave us a a new perspective on our marriage. We were spending so much time together. And during that time, interestingly, we were going through a rough patch in our marriage. And that time that we spent together gave us an opportunity to heal our marriage in a different way. And it brought us to a different place. So in every bad situation, there's always something good that can come of it. And it's a promise that our Lord gave us, right, in Romans 8.28 that no matter what we face, that all things will work out for the good of those who love and have been called according to his truth. So if we just believe in God and we put our faith in him, no matter what comes our way, if we put on those spiritual glasses that he gives us and are available, and those glasses that are available to us, we can still see the blessings
0: in the darkness. Exactly. You know how you were talking about you have to look at the glass half empty. Some people look at it half empty or half full. I'm just happy. I have a glass. <laughs> That's how I see it. I'm just happy. I have a glass. Yeah. Cause I know the Lord is going to fill it. And mm-hmm. even if he fills it to a quarter, his grace is sufficient.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 So how does God enable us to be content? Mm. Do you want me to answer? You can answer. I have the answer on the next slide.
0: Oh, you do? I'll let you, <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, doing, spending time with the Lord, being in his presence, in his presence is saving grace, in his presence is healing, in his presence is the ability to move on to the next, to take the next step in his presence is faith. So, how does God enable us to be content? By filling us with His glory and filling us with His grace. And the more time you spend with Him, the more you take on His likeness. And that Shekinah glory won't just be uh, surrounding you, but it will be in you. And that's, that's, that's what works. Amen. Amen.
1: So, the answer is God infuses contentment into us through, through his, word. his Word. His Word. And, you know, I, I always love. Uh, remembering this that we do need to turn to God's word and I I, I like to share this as well Is you know we often go to God in prayer and that's important that we do that we have to go to God in prayer but when we only go to him in prayer we're depriving ourselves of the all-important relationship building component that we need to have with God because if we're only praying all we're doing is talking to God not that he doesn't communicate with us through prayer because obviously he does but it's through his word that we develop that relationship because we get to know his nature. The more that we read about uh, him and we read about his character and his nature and who he is in the Bible, the more we do build that intimate relationship with him. We get to know who he is. We get to know uh, how he thinks, how he functions, how he works in the world. And that is what we need to do. We need to pray, but we also need to jump into the Word so that we can have that continuous cycle of getting to know him. And also uh, that gives us an opportunity to sharpen our own characters in the process.
0: Yeah. Reading, reading his word. When I, when I say in his presence, um, reading his word is being in his presence. He is the living word. So when I read his word, um, certain words will jump out at me and I'll be like, Lord, what are you saying? And then I'll find another scripture and I'm like, that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, absolutely. Spending time in his word, um, You're able to see yourself in a mirror and not in condemnation or judgment. Talking about you're able to see yourself through his word on whatever issues you might have, all the answers are in his word. Doesn't matter what it is. The answer is in his word. So yeah, I find contentment in
1: his word. Mm -hmm. Mm Amen. So the secret of contentment we can find it in philippians 4 verses 11 through 13 and the scripture says i am not saying this because i am in need for i have learned to be content whatever the circumstances i know what it is like to be in need and i know what it is to be have plenty i have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want i do I can do all things through him who gives me strength.
0: What do you think about when you hear that? That I can do all things through him who strengthens me, but if I don't know where my strength is coming from, or if I'm not um, spending time with my creator who created all things, Um, I can't, I can't quote that unless I know him, unless I know that he is all powerful and almighty. But, um, once you do through his word, learn, um, and understand how powerful and how mighty and how much he truly loves us. Then you can say through my father, through the Lord, I can do all things because I know that he's with me. He goes before me. He is behind me. He is beside me and he is in me. It's a win. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Beautiful.
1: And I, I love this quote from the book. It says, every assignment, it's an Elizabeth Elliot quote, by the way. It says, every assignment is measured and controlled for my eternal good. As I accept the given portion, other portions are canceled. Decisions become e- much easier, directions clearer, and hence my heart becomes imp- inexpressibly quieter a quiet heart is content with what god gives i I love this quote because i think the the main word of importance here is controlled because i feel like we as women we like to control things we yes. like to control situations. We like to control outcomes. Our husbands. We, yeah, husbands, children, friends, work. right? We, we want to control everything. And when we can't, we feel anxious. And that's when we veer off into this area of being discontent, right? Because we're not, we're not, things aren't happening the way we want them to happen. Things aren't, you know, people aren't doing things we want them to do. <clears throat> and this can drive us crazy. But if we understand that somebody else is in control here and it's not us and that every assignment is measured and controlled for my eternal good. And that means even the bad situations in our lives, which are the the situations that we typically go after and try to maneuver and manage around. And we've got some great examples in the Bible of women, excuse me, excuse me excuse me excuse me uh like for example sarah who was told that she was going to have a child and thought that she needed to help god alone right she 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 heard his promise but didn't trust in his timing and so often that happens to us as well we hear god's promise but we don't trust the timing because it's not happening according to how fast we want it to happen and it's not happening how we want it to happen So here she goes and she says, well, if I can't have my own child and God promised me, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give him a concubine. I'll give him my servant, my husband. I'll give him my servant and I'll have a child through her. Now, can you imagine something like that happening now? (laughs) No, it's just it's just crazy. But I can see how. Uh, probably in what she thought was the one, the one way to fulfill what she thought was God's promise. And she thought she was going to help him along. And then she created this eternal rivalry and an eternal um, issue that ended up working its way through throughout history. Right. With her son and then, <clears throat> and then her servant's son. Yeah. So, you know, tell me, tell me about control in your life. Were you ever in a in a, in a space in your life where you felt like you needed to control everything?
0: Well, I think as women, you know, we can all have a controlling nature. But for me specifically, I didn't have any control my whole life, Um, not as a child, not as a teenager. There was so much lack of control, -control. self-control, and I definitely didn't have any control in my first marriage. And I think that there's such a freedom in Christ that when you do relinquish and surrender everything to him. He says, cast your cares to me, and I will sustain you. I will not permit the righteous to be moved, right? So when you relinquish everything to him, and I had to, I, after I became a Christian and I was free from all the strongholds, um, it's almost like I became so empowered that I became overbearing with, with the control because I, I never had it before. So once um, I was free from my ex-husband, it, it was almost like I'm in control and, and I, I like it. <laughs> I like the control. But um, I got to the place where it was overtaking me and I was becoming somebody else. And I, I spoke to the Lord and I said, Lord, um, you set me free from so many things and now even the freedom that you've given me in you, um, I relinquish all control in my life to you. And I think that once you do that, wholeheartedly give him uh, complete control, your life does become a lot easier. Ironically, I have to pray that same prayer, Lord, you take it. You know, you take this, you take everything. Cause sometimes I could pick it up.
1: Amen. So here's a scripture that reminds us, or two scriptures that remind us, that God is in control. The first one out of the Phillips uh, version of the Bible says, God is the blessed controller of all things, the king over all kings, and the master of all masters. And that's 1 Timothy 6.15. Then the second scripture is Psalm 16.5. says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. Wow. And one more scripture to remind us that God is really in control. Luke twenty-two, verse forty-two: "Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me; yet not my will, but yours, be done." Jesus. And this
0: is Jesus' prayer
1: in the, garden, uh, the garden in the
0: garden of Gethsemane.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this is a powerful prayer, not just because Jesus prayed it, but because it reminds us that we need to pray this as well. And typically we don't pray this way. Typically we say, God, I need you to do this for me. And I want you to do this and do it like this. And this is how I want you to do it. Please do it like this, Lord. Wait a
0: minute. You've been listening to my prayers.
1: (laughs) And then when we don't get it, we're like, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? and sometimes he has answered your prayer sometimes the answer is actually no yeah <laughs> yeah or, or not now mhm right it could be not, not now right it could be not now for sure yeah but sometimes it's no
0: right
1: right sometimes the answer is no and and when we, whenever we pray we should go to heart we should go to God with this heart which is god this is what I want, but it's not my will. It's your will that should be controlling this situation. And I submit to your will. I submit to your control. I surrender to you, God. And that's like a huge thing for us to learn how to do. And I think it's, it's really central and tied to us being content in whatever situation that we are. Like Paul said, when he talked about being content and plenty and in want, right. Uh, we need to get to that place where we surrender our will to God so that he can do the work that he needs to do in our lives.
0: I agree 100%. And that is um, a prayer that I have prayed many times in different situations, in different situations. Um, yeah, that it's a very, that's a very, 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 if not one of the most important prayers to pray. Mm-hmm. Or in every situation for whatever it is that you're praying for. I'm going to answer some of these chats. So go ahead. Let's do that.
1: So Claudette says, do you think fear can push people to be overbearing? And then how do you get rid of the fear so that you can overcome this, which in turn, you hope will bring back those people that has pushed away because of this?
0: Hmm. Do you want to answer, really? Why don't you take a crack at it? Okay. Well, I think... Um, I have myself suffered with fear, and fear fear can um, put a veil over your understanding, over your perception of things, and it definitely can push people away. I think that um, asking the Lord to step into that place and ask you to show you deep down what is the root of your fear. See, God says you don't have because you don't ask. Ask him, what is it that is causing you to be fearful? For me, when I asked, it was my childhood. It was things that had happened to me in my childhood. So um, we, I had to do a lot, of, a lot of searching within and a lot of forgiveness, a lot of forgiving uh, of others and forgiving myself. So um, ask the Lord to, to help you understand where that fear is coming from And um, to help you bring healing and restoration to whatever relationships you need healing for. Amen. So there are two steps that
1: we need to take to get to this place of contentment. And there's our part and then there's God's part. So we're going to take apart Philippians four, six, and seven. So Philippians six talks about what our part is and it says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. And I love this scripture. It's been sitting on my desk for the past three or four weeks now. It's it's what brings me peace these days. And I I just love looking at it because I, I see it as a formula. You know, you've got to break it down and you know do not be anxious about anything. So, it doesn't matter what's going on, just don't be anxious. But in every situation, first prayer that's the first piece of the formula and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, even in the toughest situations, not only are we supposed to pray to God, we're also supposed to be thankful. And that's really hard, isn't it? Sometimes when you're fearful, you're angry, you're scared. To not just pray, but to also be thankful, even in a tough, difficult situation that's causing you anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, I think when we take this as that formula, we see that this is our burden to carry. It's something that we need to manifest so that we can then see God's part in action. So, what do you think, Joe, about this this part that we're supposed?
0: It's, to- it, it's I've you know I know the scripture. Don't be anxious about anything. So, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So basically we're bringing all our cares and our concerns to the Lord, no matter what the the situation is, prayerfully um, ask him to intervene in this situation and then petition him with whatever it is that you want in that situation. And then you thank him in faith because you know that without faith it is impossible to please him. So when you ask him for something, when you petition him for something, thank him for it. So Lord God, if I'm asking you for a promotion or I'm asking you for a new car, Lord God, I thank you that you take care of all of my needs. And I know that whether, whether it's a new car or a used car, I know I'm going to get another car. So I thank you, Lord. So yeah, this is awesome. And I've never seen it, you know, we, we see the scripture all the time, but broken down helps me to understand it a lot better
1: yeah i and like
0: it that's what i love about looking at it that way
1: it's like okay there's yeah. a, a formula here i've got to take these steps you know you take step by step and that's the formula altogether. you know prayer petition thanksgiving
0: yeah because prayer is definitely different prayer is acknowledging um the holy one and petition is asking mm-hmm. right so yeah so now let's take a look at
1: God's part it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. And this to me is like amazing. This whole transcends all understanding, which is when we do rest in God, we get to a place where we can find peace, inner peace, inner joy, even in a dark place. Yeah. Even when we're going through a hard time that there's still peace and a calm. And you might ask yourself, well, how am I feeling this way in the middle of chaos? How do I how do I feel grounded when everybody else seems to be pulling their hair out? And it's because if you've done your part,
0: this is now God playing his part in your life. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we're right now, right now as a nation, as a people as a body of Christ we're going through a very difficult time but with the knowledge that god is in control and that we know that that he loves us and i have a peace i'm not walking around acting crazy buying a whole bunch of toilet paper even though yes, I, did you are. Yes, you did. Okay, I did it yes you did yeah i did in the beginning but not anymore <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. I'm not buying cases and cases of water anymore either. Um, you know, I, we I did, and we, huh? We all did. I have, I have a piece about it. Um, I know that um, many people are getting saved through this process that's happening in our nation. Um, many people are returning to the Lord. Many people are praying. There is a unity. A camaraderie that's coming forth in this nation like never before. Um, So I have a peace about it. I have a peace, and I know that it's because I trust God through the process. And someone, I I, even when my mask on, I still say hello. And even though I'm smiling underneath my mask, they can't see it. Um, But I'm still gonna smile, and I'm still gonna say hello to no matter no matter where I am, no matter where I go. There's a peace within me. that a lot of people won't understand or don't understand, but it's the peace that comes because my heart is connected to the creator of the universe and I have the mind of Christ and I know that, um, that we are going to be victorious in this situation that's going on right now.
1: Amen. And, and just uh, for those, I'm, I'm speaking into the future now because this uh, we're speaking live now so everybody who's online knows that we're talking about the coronavirus, but it's possible that someone is gonna find this video on YouTube a year from now. Uh, so we are talking about the coronavirus. We're kind of in the middle of it right now. In the thick of it, we're all quarantined. We're wearing masks to go outside. So this is yeah. what we're referring to. And uh, you know, this also reminds me of 9-11. I had just become a Christian on on 9-11. I became a Christian August 15th of 2000, August 18th of 2001. So it was just a few weeks uh, before 9-11. And when 9-11 happened, I was actually working uh, down in lower Manhattan. And uh, from my office, we had a perfect view of the Twin Towers. So that morning was actually election day in New York City. And I was working on a political campaign and we had gotten to the office super early like at four o'clock in the morning because the polls opened at um 6 a.m mm-hmm. so we were already starting to count votes and we were you know just checking all the poll sites when the first plane hit uh and um you know it was it, it was a devastating day when that first happened many of us just thought that it was an accident but when the second plane hit we were very clear what was going on it wasn't an accident. it wasn't an accident at all and we had a perfect view of what was happening from our from our fire escape so everyone on the campaign we just kind of stopped and by then it was interesting how people get anxious in those times you know there were people who were crying there were people who were very upset there were people who just didn't know what to do i mean we were under attack and everybody knew it but interestingly um, you know, those, those days leading up to nine eleven. I had been deep in my Bible because I was a baby Christian You know, when, when you're like a baby Christian and you're so excited and everything's about God and we should be this way all the time, right? Always in our Bibles, always, you know, preaching. I pray Lord. that, I pray that to always have a
0: zeal. Yeah.
1: Have that zeal, that fresh zeal that you have when you're a baby Christian. And that, that was me at that time, at, at that point in time. So when everything was happening, um, I was exhibiting tremendous amounts of peace I remember pulling everybody into my office and just holding hands and praying. And I don't know what got into me that day, but I felt it was Jesus. It definitely was Jesus. But at that moment in time, I was kind of holding things together that, that day Uh, to the point where at, at until the, until the end of the day when we made sure we got everybody home safely and that was not an easy day to get home. Everything stopped. Uh, You know, we had to walk from lower Manhattan all the way up to like, I think it was like 68th street. That was the, I was the closest we could get to where we were going uptown to finally get uh, picked up. And it was just a, it was a dark day in New York city. It was a very dark day, but somehow I held it together and I believe that it was this, I, I believe it was the peace of God that transcended all understanding that day that I was able to not only hold it together for myself, but for my team and my staff that I had to take care of that day. And a lot of people who were very anxious and scared. Right. And you know, I, I hold on to this scripture so much. I, I just love it. You know, our part and God's part here when, when I see the, the the scripture in its totality, because I really do believe that it's it's central and it's key to us finding that kind of peace that we need to be centered and grounded in our faith.
0: Well, he is, he is the Prince of Peace, right? So if you want peace, there's only one, if you want peace, there's only one way to get it. And that is through him because he is the Prince of Peace, so. I love the scripture.
1: Amen. Amen. And and here we go. If we keep reading further out into Philippians, uh, so we've got six, we've got seven, and now we've got our thoughts, right? How do we manage our thoughts, that thought process that uh, we're t- we talk about in Philippians six? But here is how God wants us to think. And it goes back to that very first quote that we talked about, the woman looking out the bars, Right? did she see the stars or did she see mud? And this will give us the opportunity to see the stars through the bars. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such
0: things. What do you think of this scripture? I absolutely love this scripture. And um, for me, Anytime that I feel a spirit of heaviness, I put on a garment of praise. You know, I'm a worshiper. I, I'm, I mean, I'm always singing and dancing and uh, worshiping God. So I think about the good things that he has done for me and what he saved me from. I remind myself when I'm feeling um, heavy, um, the word of God says when you, when you have a spirit of heaviness, put on a garment of praise. But in order for you to praise, you have to remember the things that he's done for you. So uh, a spirit of thanksgiving, um just worshiping him and praising him and thanking him, um, those are the things that I think about whenever I start to feel like, you know is this really happening So um absolutely love the scripture too, but I love, i love, I love everything about the word of God. every scripture you're going to show me, I'm going to say I love it so <laughs> Even the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. So even the wrath of God. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So here here I love this scripture. And further talking about our thoughts. For Mm -hmm. as he thinks in his heart, so
0: is he. That's pretty deep. Yeah. And out of your heart, out of your heart flows. Mm -hmm. Right out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm Exactly who you are hmm
1: yeah, it, it just sort reminds me of, of someone that I, I knew recently, and uh, I was I felt like we were building a good friendship, but somehow the person uh, shut me out of their life. I think maybe I was being a little too positive. So this person was um, reaching out to me during the, my period of, of breast cancer. And I just, I just refused to be negative during that period. I mean, it's 14 months of hell, but I just refused to be negative. And I was really of the mindset that, God, if you gave me this, this, this sickness, you know, I'm not happy about it, God, but you gave it to me. So there must be something that you're trying to accomplish here. And my life is yours. And if my time is up, then my time is up. And if it's not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of praying like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't want it, Lord, but your will, not mine, right? So I refused to be negative during that time period. And that doesn't mean that I didn't have dark days because I did, but I just refused to be negative and be down on myself. And this this individual was going through some hardships at the time. But from my perspective, every time the person encountered a hardship, they were coming out on the other side, right? So yeah, you go through a period of, of hardship where your spouse is unemployed but look, 2 or 3 months later your your spouse is back on the mend. Um yeah, there's a member of your family who got sick, but look, the person is is healed again. You know, and 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 I kept pointing this person to that place. It's like, look, yeah, I know this is hard, this is difficult. Let's pray about it. Let's put it in God's hands. But look, wow, he got you to the other side. But somehow this person didn't want to take that walk with me. <laughs> They wanted to stay in that kind of space where like, oh, look at how horrible everything is. Yeah, my spouse is working again, but but look at all those months that, that that the person was unemployed and we didn't have. I'm like, yeah, but you're on the other side. And it was like it was like work. It took a lot of work to get to that other place. And I just I couldn't handle that at that moment. I was I was I was trying to keep positive and I was positive about it. And I'm like, don't try to bring me down because I'm not gonna join you there. I can't. I can't join you there. I can't. I am a I am a child of God. And my Lord has promised me that He's gonna work all things out for my good, regardless of what it is. I am not gonna stay there with you. I will sit there with you and pray, and I'm gonna bring you out of that moment. But if you wanna stay stuck there, you're gonna stay stuck there by yourself. I am not gonna join you there. And I really believe that this scripture is exactly that, right? Whatever you think in your heart, that's who you are. So, yes, we're all gonna go through difficult times, we're all gonna face challenges, but God wants us to rely on Him to get us through those times and if we hold on tight to who he is and to his word even in those dark places we could find opportunities to give thanks
0: i agree 100 um i remember um this happens to me sometimes but um i'll start dwelling on things i shouldn't dwell on Mm. and i'll hear the lord say to me well i'm gonna sing i'm gonna sing what he sung to me i know this is gonna be weird but this is what I heard. You'll be going around the mountain till it comes. You'll be going around that mountain till it comes. You'll be going around the mountain. You'll be going around the mountain. You'll be going around. So I heard that. And I said, Lord, are you telling me that I'm going around the same mountain? Yes. Um, I think it's important for us to, um, when we feel like things of the past or fears or doubts or anxieties are, are, are coming upon us. It's important for us to go back into his word and remind ourselves of his heart
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what his heart did for us at the cross and how much he loved us. And um, it's important for us to, to seek him and um, get out of that place of disenchantment and move on to the place of thankfulness praise and ask him to give him, to give you his heart, to give you a heart like his. I've, I pray that often. And, um, that's not always the best prayer to pray sometimes because I can be a little emotional (laughs) with, with certain things. And my husband will be like, why, why are you getting emotional? I'm like, because I know, you know, so it's not always the best to say, Lord, Lord, give me a heart like yours for certain things Mm -hmm. so um but we want his heart we want his heart we want to think as he thinks and and love as he loves and so yeah i don't know how i I went i went uh, to the other end with that but you get the gist of it right Yes. yes
1: yes 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 and claudette says i am a believer that i go through things to be able to show others the alternative way of dealing with things so that their lives can be more positive, even if I go through tough times. Amen, Claudette, amen. Amen. And I really believe that. I think exactly what you just said Claudette is that we are a living testimony to other people. And sometimes we are the only Jesus that other people encounter. And exactly however you go through your challenges and other people see how you successfully manage through, that is your witness. You know, you are witnessing to those individuals and hopefully it'll give them uh, some semblance of what faith is. And hopefully they'll come to believe as
0: well. Exactly. I, I, um, I have conference calls, as you know, from seven o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night. Um, I'm on conference calls. And usually the ones at seven o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, nobody is doing the visual. But me, I get up at six o'clock in the morning, I start singing and dancing, putting on some makeup, making sure that, um, that my hair looks somewhat done. And um, I, I get on that conference call and I'm like, good morning, and I turn on the visual. Nobody else turns on the visual. <laughs> I'm the only one turning on the visual, but you know what I'm showing them? Because they all know I'm a Christian. I'm showing them that even through, these, through this adversity, that I'm still going to wake up every morning. I'm still going to thank, thank the Lord and be prepared for the day. And, and as a leader, um, I have to show them, not only because I'm a Christian, but also because I'm a leader in the corporation, that, that you can't dwell on what's going on around you all the time. You have to move forward. Amen. And that's what you did when, um, when you were going through the cancer, because you are now cancer-free, hallelujah. Amen. But I remember that we would talk on the phone, and you were going, I mean, it was really difficult. Uh, there were some things that you shared with me that I will never share with anyone. You. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, and um, but I remember um, how you would post it on Facebook, and with with every single... session that you went to you would you would thank the lord when you rang the bell you would you were praising god and that really encouraged a lot of people so even through that process god used it because it was necessary it was necessary for him to increase your faith through that process to put men and women of god that would encourage you and pray for you and and that would help you through and even those people that were negative eventually They'll, they'll look back and they'll see that though they didn't like you because you were positive, they're going to remember the fact that you were positive. And that's, what's important for you to remember too, that your positiveness and your faith does not fall through the waste. It doesn't fall on the wayside at all. Amen. Even, even if they don't get it now, they eventually will.
1: Amen. And that's how we have to trust God's timing, right? That even if, if someone that we're ministering to right now, you know, as, as Christians, sometimes we share our faith and we don't feel like we're making progress with an individual. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you're not planting a seed. And my own life is a testimony of that. Uh, When I uh, became a Christian, I was, uh, I was in the middle of, of, of immersed in, in my career in politics because that's, I wanted to go into politics. And I started volunteering on political campaigns. And one of, the, one of the political staffers shared his faith with me and then introduced me to his girlfriend. And his girlfriend invited me to a Bible study and I went <laughs> to the Bible study. And it just, it was too much. It was too much for me at the time. It just, it was too much. I couldn't handle it. They wanted, you know, church on Sunday, midweek service, Bible study, tithing. It was like, uh-uh, you people want a little too much from me. So, I went through a couple of studies and I'm like, you need to back off right now. I'm very busy. I got a lot going on right now with my career. I don't have time for this Jesus stuff. I don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? The more I got immersed into uh, my career, the more empty I was. And then I yeah. ended up in a, in a bad relationship in the middle of all that. And that it brought me to my knees one night. And I remember just falling to my knees in my, in my bedroom and just praying to God. And what came to my heart was, you need to call Angelus. So Angelus was the, the girlfriend who I was introduced to. And you know what? And this was like three years later. <laughs> I picked up the phone and I dialed her number and I was like, Angelus, it's Ellie. She said, Ellie. And I go, yeah, I'm ready now. That's all I had to say to her three years later, three years later. And she was like, okay, when are we going to meet up? And in the middle of the campaign that I was working on, the one on 9-11, it was a crazy campaign. It was a New York City mayoral campaign. And let me tell you, we studied the Bible 6am in the morning, 10pm at night. I was just and I was hungry. By then I was just hungry. I was just hungry for the Lord. Uh, but imagine if that that gentleman hadn't shared his faith with me three years before. Right? Um, I wouldn't have had that seed planted in my heart. Mm-hmm. And despite me walking in another direction, that seed was still there. Exactly. And it's the seed that grew into something powerful, and then three weeks later came 9-11, right? And by then, my, I was just on fire for the Lord. So God's timing is everything. So all that, back to Claudette's original uh, comment, which is, it's <laughs> you know, you're planting seeds in every which way, whether it's because you know, you're sharing your story, whether you're going through a difficult time and people are witnessing how you're experiencing your time. Or just, you know, it doesn't matter. You're planting a seed and that seed can grow
0: eventually into something really powerful. Exactly. You know, the Bible doesn't, doesn't I mean, we know that it ends with revelation and we win. But the Bible also says that we're walking epistles. Mm. So we are those letters to the Corinthians, to the Ephesians. We are those letters. We are walking epistles. Our lives um, encourage people. Um, I have, I have numerous people that come that, that approach me and say, you know, why are you always so happy? Why, you know, why do you walk around smiling or why do you go in the elevator when if somebody is pressing the elevator for me not to get in, they're rushing, you know, I've seen those people. I, I walk in, I hold the door and I'm like, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah it's important for us to live our lives um, in the ways of the Lord, because though you don't think somebody is watching you, they're watching you. they really are. they really are looking at you and, and um the words and and listening to the words that you say, though you think that they're not listening to you, they are, and they're watching you because you know you profess Christ, you confess them so they want to know what, well, what's so different about this person. What's so different about Ellie? What's so different about Joe? Amen. And that's when you can, you can, you know, tell them about the blood and, and, and the cross and.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: So we are at our last slide here
1: and these are just, um, five steps that were shared in the book in the, in the beginning of the book, but I bought it towards the end of our presentation because I thought they were nor- noteworthy and, uh, You know, the whole idea is that contentment begins with an eternal perspective. And we've been talking about that throughout our Bible study. But here are just five steps that we can take. They're very practical steps that we can incorporate in our careers and in our personal lives as we just move around and about our day. The first one is never allow yourself to complain about anything, not even the weather. Now, how many of us do complain about the weather? It's too hot. It's too cold. And the Claudette, you've got snow. It's too snowy. It's, <laughs> right? Sometimes we like go through these, these, these days, right? Where we just feel like nothing is, is perfect, right? But we shouldn't complain about anything. Not even the weather. Uh, the second one, never picture yourself in any other circumstances or someplace else.
0: That, that is that is key. Mm -hmm. I think that when we pray, Father, your will, not mine. When we pray, Father, you're in control. Father, I trust you. No matter what happens in my life, I trust you, right? But then in the next breath, I'm saying, man, I wish I had this, or I wish I had that. I wish I was doing this, or I wish I I was living someplace else. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be careful with what we pray and, um, and the words that we speak right after we finish praying or even a day later, whatever it is, um, yeah, never picture yourself in other, any other circumstance or someplace else.
1: Yeah.
0: That's important. Yeah. For me, anyway, it's important. Mm-hmm. And never compare your lot with another's. Mm. I don't have that problem. I don't, I don't, I'm not jealous at all. And I, 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 I yeah, I don't struggle with jealousy
1: either, but it's mm-hmm. one of those things that you still ask yourself, because it's even something, it could be something as simple as you're watching a reality show with some millionaire in a decked out house and you're like, oh, I wish I had a house like that, or I wish I had a car like that, or I wish I had hair like that, nails like that, clothes like that. You know, it could be almost anything. And we, we need to check our hearts about that because it, it, this is one of those things that could really slip in there very easily. Mm. And if you're not in a happy marriage, it could be, oh, I wish I had a husband like that. Oh, I wish my kids were better behaved like that person's kids. Or, you know, it could be anything. It could be anything. And this is one of those things that just slips right in there if you don't guard your heart. Right. Or another one, never allow yourself to wish this or that had been otherwise. This, I actually... Yeah, I'm guilty of this too. I struggled with this for a long time and Mm -hmm. I struggled with, Uh, the circumstance that actually brought me to the Lord. Because I mentioned, you know, I was struggling with my career at that time, but I also had gotten into a bad relationship with someone. And that relationship coupled with the stress that I was experiencing at work at the time is what brought me to my knees that day when I prayed to the Lord. And that relationship came with so much shame. I was just filled with shame for years because of that relationship. It wasn't until maybe about five years ago that I let go of the shame. I'm like, I carried that shame for years. Really? Yeah. For years. I just carried that shame. And, um, you know, and I, w- I would keep saying, I regret, I regret that I had gotten into that relationship, but it was that relationship that brought me to the Lord. It's like inextricable. Like I can't pull one from the other. And I finally am at a place where I thank God for the situation because it's what brought me to the Lord. You know, And when you think about somebody like even Paul, Paul was a murderer, right? And Paul, um, you know, he would persecute other Christians, yet it was in the process of him behaving that way that he met the Lord, right? So he, he, even Paul couldn't separate his horrible sin from no. what saved him. And I got to the place where I had to accept that I couldn't separate my sin and my shame from what saved me, right? So I, I I now own the situation that I was in. I forgave myself for being in the situation, but I also thank the Lord that it's what brought me to him. Yes. But, but you know, we have to come to that place where we have to be content and not say to ourselves, oh, I wish that this I was living another circumstance or so that things would have happened differently for me.
0: Yeah, I think... For me, exactly what you're saying. But for me, I would go back and live that horrible, abusive life Mm. all over again if I knew that it was going to lead me here. And I say that to myself and I say that to my husband. He's like, are you crazy? I'm like, no. I would do it all over again, abused for 20 years, beaten for 20 years, because that led me to such freedom. Amen. Christ. And so I would do it all over again. And that's how I um that's how I have that's how it makes me feel, it helps me to understand that if I didn't go through those things, I wouldn't be here. So I'm thankful for them and I would do it all over again. I really would. Amen. Yeah, and and I'm finally at that
1: place. I'm finally at that place. And then the last one is never dwell. On tomorrow we have to live in the present we have to accept what god has given us today and we have to live our very best selves our very best lives we have to live that today for god's glory
0: yeah
1: amen amen so thank you so much sisters it has been an absolute pleasure to come together with you today to talk about finding contentment And we hope to get together with you again next week. Same bat channel, same bat time. God bless you and have a great night. God bless you.